0: All right. I am. Yes, recording. I, You see audio coming through. Is there? Are there audio spikes? Yes, are there? Yes. I have okay. a track I have a. Are track. there valleys? Are there? There's There's
1: peaks and valleys. Yeah. You buttheads I only recorded audio professionally for like three to six years of my life. And well, your I boyfriend mean, went to school for it. Eh.
0: <laughs> Just saying.
2: I mean, this is uh, okay.
1: So this is now the Louis Ro Roast podcast. Thank you for coming, you guys. I am no, the president. No,
0: <laughs> the Louis Roast. Roast. We
1: we, did, <laughs> we, we give Louis a lot
2: more shit than he deserves. We really, honestly, don't feel bad at
0: all. No, there you know, no. I know, not at but all. it's it's, it's, it's funny, funny. Jokes that we keep bringing it up. I know. <laughs> So Brittany how
1: have you been I've been pretty Great actually I've been well you know I've been my sads you know I get Regular sads as everybody does yeah. Sure um, you used to working for Fox No they no. Dumped, dumped my ass um, Oh shit uh, 2020 or whatever. June 2020 is when we broke up It was I mean like I was It's an abusive I relationship they, anyway I, you know, gave them a heads up that I was like, hey, I'm not feeling this. And so they were like, you know what? I broke up with you. So I was like, okay, <laughs> that's fine. Dang. That's a power move. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. uh let go because, you know, couldn't afford me. Mm, I'm high maintenance, I know. And Dang. I bounced around. I did insurance and it made me want to kill myself. So Oh, so, you're not doing insurance anymore? No, not doing insurance anymore. But nice. I, like, because I'm like, I don't want this career you speak of, I would like to lay down. So I decided to just like do temp work for like the first time in my life. I was like, I'll just, you nice. know, get with a staffing agency, be a temp. And now I work for the public. I work for the public at a COVID-19 testing site. What what? So I'm oh, directly, sure. mm-hmm. oh, wow. I'm helping members of my community directly by spreading awareness of testing and vaccine information
2: and virus.
1: And Virus. Come get your Virus. virus. Yes. Man, I've always thought mask. that. Okay. <laughs>
0: I've always thought that it would be ideal for me to work two to three part time jobs rather than one full time job. See, and that's <laughs>
1: where I'm like, I'm trying to work as little as possible. And not because I'm like trying to be a stay at home white, but because like I just don't believe in working under the guise of capitalism anymore. I'm there, you guys. I'm there, uh,
0: Brittany. We're, I'm right there with you. Right there. <laughs> I, I, I feel like people think I'm crazy at work when I tell them, you know, oh no, I, after 6 PM, I don't answer emails or after, you know, I don't answer emails before 9 AM or whatever. Like when, when I told them, no, no, I'm not going to check on the weekends. Like I'll get back to you on Monday, but they, it, to them, the people that I work with, I work in cannabis now, but all the people that I work with all come from politics so uh, yeah yeah they're fucking workaholics with i mean to the definition of the fucking word and i just do not subscribe to that culture or that belief and they see me as probably a fucking f- like freeloader because i'm just you know i'm getting paid however much money and only working Eight hours a day, even though I'm not even working really eight hours a day most of the time. But it's like,
1: I mean, fuck you. Should. I should have fucking
0: work eight hours a day anyway. That is not sustainable. Like, literally, nonstop working for eight hours a day is exhausting mentally, emotionally. No matter
1: you know, what you're doing, no matter what not you're not into
0: doing. it. I am not into it. And even working, that's what sucks is that I'm working in weed and I'm working way harder than I was at a tech company.
1: Mm, way longer hours. Mm. The people I work
0: with aren't fucking stoners. They all come from politics. Ew, none they of don't them fucking smoke use. Weed? No, it's Ew. the most disappointing. This
1: sounds, this sounds corrupt.
0: <laughs> this must been a pretty <laughs> awkward <laughs> first meeting for y'all, dude. I was That's calling so myself corrupt. a stoner in every single interview. I have been introducing myself as the only stoner on the marketing team to everyone <laughs> that I've been meeting. I'm wearing that badge proudly, man. Of and, and it's honor. And I'm So I'm so. Obviously, the only stoner on the team.
1: I came here to smoke weed. I and mean, talk about that weed. is what and, you sound like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what I mean. That's but a that really is good what invitation. I came here to do. Um, but also, so yeah, I'm not. I'm also on that train, anti-capitalist. But like, even anti-capitalism has been, you know, confiscated from us. So I'm just like, okay. And on my own little spiral downwards. And my da- my psychiatrist yeah. was like, here, let's add this to your regimen. It should help. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, all right. I'll try it because I'm just, well, I mean, um, call it weakness, call it a crutch, call it whatever you want. But I was just sick and tired of feeling that way. And I, c- I couldn't figure out all of my coping mechanisms to de-spiral myself weren't working. So I was like, help, 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 please help. Because, right. you know, I'm doing all the things, the sleeping, the eating, the daily medication, all, all, all of it doing the teeth brushing, the clothes washing, like all of it. And I was like, can't lay down, have to lay down now.
2: You're on the whole grind set over there.
1: Well, not the grind. It's more like, (laughs) it's more because, you know, I just, I hate that word. I'm sorry, Brad. But like, but it's more of it. I guess in the sense of, like, self-care, but, like, in the sense that also, like, really cultivating self in the first place. Who am I? Like, you know, because a lot of people experience that being laid off and we talk about it a lot. I feel like that's all me and Luis have been talking about the past year is just how, like, everybody had that time to be with themselves and realize that they weren't a whole person. And now that they have took the time to cultivate a real person, that's priceless. And that's why, you know, going back to work for $12, $13 an hour, it's trying to scrape joke, by. Man. Yeah, that's that's nothing compared to having a full person to take care of. Uh, so yeah, that's what I've been I mean, working on lately. American,
0: Just... that's great. I'm I'm glad to hear that because American culture puts no emphasis or value on developing yourself as a person, um, mm-hmm. finding your real interests, contributing to society mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. ways outside of making a rich person richer. Um, so yeah, man, I, I feel as weird as it is that we are counterculture in that way. When I feel like this should be the culture. And Um, it's very strange. It's a very strange feeling I get when I see my neighbors, you know, on their porch answering calls at nine o'clock at night for work. And I'm just like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) Like it has been indoctrinated. Like Uh we're, uh it's uh it's just major, major indoctrination. And, uh, it is a fucking bummer, man. But you know, we're all the ones that we're going to end up, you know, history is cyclical. We're all going to end up on a fucking commune. Living together on a farm, growing our own vegetables, using our own shit as, yeah, as our yeah. fertilizer and, you know, raising our babies together.
1: Oh my God, I'm dead. The circle, <laughs> circle, to circle, does kind of circle back to, uh, shit, I lost it. I'm a little high, sorry. Good. Uh, but, like, um... I have yeah, wine the... and tea going. <laughs> I'm
0: drinking wine and tea at the same time. It's weird. You know,
1: um, like, I, it's funny because I just talked to my therapist about it, too. It's like, I... I feel like it's silly to say, but I don't know what it is other than, because I don't have the vocabulary to describe it other than, like, I'm just too mentally ill to work 40 hours a week. Mm. If I am working 40 hours a week, it turns into 50 hours a week. Then it turns into 60 hours a week because it's, Uh. like, one thing after another. And then there's slowly and slowly and slowly, there's no, there's not a person anymore. And I'm just, like, I don't know why I'm like that, but, like, it's the same with, like, my, I don't know. It's just the shit's triggering and I've been traumatized. Right. <laughs> yeah. well, you're vibing, it's... Brett. What's, what's, yeah? What's what are you listening to
0: bud? Sorry, I'm listening to the album. Oh, yeah, oh nice. Album. All right. Well, we'll get into that in about 45 minutes, but uh, <laughs> real quick, let me, I, I do want to say, I just want to add that Brittany, I don't think you're uh, unique in that sense where yeah. working 40 hours a week makes you feel mentally ill because yeah. I think that is what it does to people. Um, I mean, how many people are in therapy because of their jobs or yeah. have to go get a massage once a week because of their jobs or they have to, you know, go and get drunk every other night because they fucking hate their job. And it's like it really does contribute to like poor mental health, like having mm-hmm. to work that hard and, and having that be the expectation. And and I'm so glad I don't deal with a lot of the horror stories that I read online about people dealing with their micromanaging bosses and these fucking ridiculous expectations and and standards that people set for their employees, but still, I mean, I've, I'm sitting here working in marketing and not liking it, so, you know, I'm, I'm pursuing other things and uh, and hoping that I can create my own schedule, you know? Yeah. And that's, I think that's a big goal for a lot of people our age. It's like entrepreneurship, I think, is going to blow up again um, outside of Etsy and YouTube and stuff like that. Like, I think we're oh. all going to figure something out. Hopefully. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm, I'm optimistic.
1: Fingers freaking crossed. Oh, I, another thing I was going to say too is that this, you know, quote unquote labor shortage is one interesting perspective. I think I was listening to PR or something. It was like, what's going on right now is kind of like a passive labor movement. And yeah, I'm for like, sure. yeah, please quit. Please keep quitting your fucking shitty ass jobs. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Negotiate raises. If you can't negotiate a raise, fucking quit. Leave. But not everybody can do that because, you know, poor people, me, a poor can't do that. It's a privileged
0: position to be in for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: But those who can fucking quit. If you're listening to this now and you're like on the fence, quit. Quit that job. Dump the ass. Yeah, man. Or they dump you.
0: Yep. I totally agree. That's a really cool way to put it, a passive uh, labor strike. I think that's totally true. I think it's, you know, we're just not actively taking the streets and protesting, uh, Labor conditions and work conditions in the U.S., but I mean, yeah, fucking put you know put a stranglehold on these companies and force them to have to pay more to get people to come work there. I totally support it. They got the fucking money. Let's stop lying to ourselves. Yeah, you could put yourself
1: in space bases. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Then put me in fucking healthcare program. (laughs)
0: I love those Amazon commercials where, like, we pay $15 an hour now. And, hey, do you want to be a nurse? We might pay for you to be a nurse. And I'm just like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. This yeah. bullshit PR campaign that you're shoving down our throats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, honestly, let's get into something positive here because...
1: <laughs> We're spiraling I together. Like, Come with I me, like, everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like there's a lot to say about this record, and I think we need to get into it. So...
2: What's up, buddies? What's up, buddies?
0: And welcome to another episode of Earbuds, the podcast where good friends talk about good album for good time. I am one half of the Earbuds podcast. My name is Lucas, left turn only, Indrakovs, and my co-host, Brett, uh, Ted Cruz, fan club president, Well, right. I don't think I like that as much. <laughs> I was going to call you... Uh, forever the Sickest Kid, hand in hand, but I didn't know if you would catch the reference. I mean, I like that a lot better. Here. Okay. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, well, Brett, I mean, you know, you already know we're the odd couple of podcasts. Mm-hmm. We already know that everyone, including Brittany, calls us the pod couple of odd casts. And we get it. We're We've already tattooed it on ourselves. We tattooed each other the other day. Right. Yeah. We did a little stick and poke. Yeah. A little stick and poke. You know uh, that's what that's what we call it, and okay. it's I, I'm you know whatever we're sticking with it. We're putting it on the mugs. We're putting it on the Patreon. It's it's here to stay, Brett. And today we have a very special guest with us. She selected this record, so you can thank or blame her yeah. for the next hour <laughs> blame of me, your life. Blame me. <laughs> it is our friend Brittany Richardson. Welcome,
1: Brittany. Hi. I'm qualified to critique all of you because I'm better than you. Thank you so much for having Dang. me. <laughs> wow.
0: all That's right, the energy cool. that Brittany. Keep that energy up, all right? <laughs> like, keep that energy up because today we are talking about an album that I actually have a pretty personal connection to Same. myself. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is by one Alanis Morissette and the album's called Jagged Little Pill. Brittany, why did you want to talk about this record specifically?
1: Okay, so it's it turned twenty five last year. She's on tour celebrating it right now. Holy shit! Um, I didn't know that she's making uh, a, on ABC. It's going to be an ABC show based on her life growing up as like a teen pop idol, which we'll all get into later. I'm not going to try and give away everything. She was yeah. nineteen
0: when she wrote this record.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fucking insane. And, it, and blew up when she was like. 21 insane and yeah so the reason i picked this uh not only is she like a powerhouse of a musician and woman and person but like you were saying lucas i have a super personal connection to it because literally um hand over feet head over feet hand over feet like i head head over over feet feet, yeah. yeah Like, that was, like, one of the first, like, coherent memories I have of listening to, like, sounds that I recognized that were music. Wow. So, like... Wow. As a little baby child, we moved into the house that my great-grandfather built, and I remember when the floors were still plywood before we'd put down... And I think I was, like, two and a half, maybe, two, three, maybe, something like that. And I just remember that, like... My mom had the CD and, you know, the little boom boxes where you you push it, the thing pops open. It looks like a fucking contraption from the Terminator or something. And you put the disc in, pop it closed. And, like, that CD was blaring while she, her and my dad were putting down the floor. And I'm just, like, thinking in my brain. I'm like, oh, this is like music i don't know it's just weird like my my baby yeah. little brain my baby tiny consciousness woke up and was aware for like a brief second and that was like forever locked in my brain and then like growing up of course i heard that song over and over again and my mom was like oh this is how i feel about your dad and i'm like yeah i know fucking gay <laughs> what, was the-
0: <laughs> what was the song which song uh, hand over hand very over important. feet Okay. 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 Because right now I'm listening to all I really want, and I'm just like, this. It would be funny if it was this one. Uh, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, it's weird. I have a that's almost a a very that's very similar to my story and my connection with this record. Like, you were you're quite a bit younger than me. I think
1: I was born in '94. The album came out in '95, so I was listening to it in '97 at some point, right before my little sister was, or right. After my little sister was born and when we were living in that house.
0: Wow. Okay. So yeah, you're like seven years younger than me. So Mm -hmm. I was seven pretty much when this album came out uh, or eight. And yeah, this was uh, the first I heard ironic. I watched the I saw the music video and which is fucking great still to this day. And it was the first time that I heard a song on my own and decided this is the music I like. Yeah. Oh, oh That was the first time I ever like, you know, outside of the stuff that my parents had on all the time. This was the first cassette tape I ever bought. And uh it was very formative for me, like developing my own taste in music. I mean, within a year I was listening to like Rage Against the Machine and Blink-182 and Korn and stuff, but She was Alanis was my intro into my musical taste. And Interestingly enough, I actually connected with my sister about this record this whole last week while I was listening to it. We were texting like all the time about it because she had the exact same experience with this record. Wow. This, it was, uh, it was, uh, you ought to know that she heard, yeah. she saw the, the music video for it. And it was, the, she said it was the first time that she felt like she had found her own taste in music.
1: Yes. Oh yes. I love that so much. And it's R- really cool. It's such an like a pivotal moment in life because it's like one of the first decisions that you truly make for yourself that really nobody else can make for you. And it's such a lightning fast decision that happens to that's almost a universal experience,
0: yeah, I feel like um it's it's like a a one of the deepest forms of identity is the music that you're into, yeah, right. And yeah, this was, it was huge for me. It was like, you know, as a kid too, finding something that I, is mine, you know, that I was then making my dad fucking listen to, on, <laughs> you know, anytime we drove around, I have a very vivid memory of my friend's eighth grade or uh, eighth birthday party. He was turning eight years old and we were all driving somewhere in a van, like nine fucking little boys in a van yelling at the top of our lungs, singing along to you ought to know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wish that was captured on video I would love to see Like little 8 year old boys Fucking screaming along to this song at like And feeling it You know like we were all like so into it I bet their parents thought We were hilarious
1: Or no I'm just kidding um, but... <laughs> Or gay is that what you are saying <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't know yeah,
0: there was uh, many times in my life that people thought I was gay. It's you know something <laughs> I'm used to at this point.
1: Me too. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and
0: Brett, like, is this your first time ever really hearing the whole record getting ready for this podcast? No, I've listened to it I... before.
1: Oh, go ahead, Brett. What was oh yeah, you? I was asking. I was asking Brett. Oh,
0: oh. I already oh, heard boy. your story, Brett. Right, we gotta oh, make. Sorry, I've moved sorry. on. We gotta sorry. make some kind of like
1: nickname
2: situation.
1: I know, because yeah, it's, it's Brett and Brit. And Brit. <laughs> no, I hate that. it's fly the oh, Concorde. All
2: right, <laughs> just Lucas. You just call me Brittany, and you call Brittany Britt. And I, mean, I yeah. think that'll clear up any like <laughs> miscommunications. <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll just say B from now on, and whoever answers first gets. To, yeah, awesome. Yeah, uh, we, we
2: need I, buzzers. Sorry, go ahead. I love that. <laughs> I have no connection whatsoever to this album. <laughs>
0: You have uh, no emotional attachment nothing. to this.
2: I know. I knew the song You to Know, and aside from that, I had not heard any other song off this record. You've heard not Ironic. Not even Ironic. Nope. Shut the fuck up. My roommate said the same thing. I just haven't heard it. I'm sorry. I don't know what to do about that.
0: How yep. have you avoided Ironic for
2: 26-some-odd years? I don't know. The first time I heard it was when everyone on the internet was like, oh, uh, but it's not Ironic. Actually, it's... uh." You know, it's it's uh, right.
0: I don't know what they were saying. I wasn't paying attention. I'm not smart enough to explain why it's not ironic.
1: It's not ironic. It's like an oxymoron, or it's like a, just a coincidence. Either, I feel like one. it's just
0: bad luck most of the time. Like yeah, that a, too. I finding think a too. black fly in your Chardonnay. That's just that's not ironic. That's just bad luck. Uh, and
2: what also was bad luck was just me not having heard this album for a long time. <laughs> I listened to it three years ago about. When I found out, it was like one of the best-selling
0: albums of all time. Yeah, the nineteenth. Uh, I think he told me the nineteenth best-selling record of all time. Yeah, that's what I saw on one website, at least.
1: Hold on, let me see if I can find it again.
2: That's fucking insane. But yeah, it's crazy. And uh, we, I looked back with my very same roommate Lily, and she was nominated for so many Grammys. I think she won like seven awards. Dude, to she her was three nominated years. for
0: yeah, nominated for nine Grammys. She won five, yeah, including album of the fucking year. Yeah, it was. She was a big
2: deal back then, and it seems like she hasn't. Her name hasn't really traveled to the modern age for some reason.
0: Yeah, I think uh, definitely just like uh, a lot of other '90s bands and you know musical acts, the 2000s weren't very kind to them. Right. I yeah. think it, looking at the same thing as, like Hair Metal in the 80s once grunge came around, you know, like they Hair Metal did not farewell going yeah. to the next the next phase of music and, and it in but, fact
2: did farewell uh from the music scene. Uh, that it died? Yeah. It went farewell, bye. Hey. And we hey, joke landed.
1: Well, <laughs> I would pause it. Well, because the musical of Jagged Little Pill on Broadway came out in 2017. Yeah, there's a so musical. That I would argue that Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill has stayed relevant that's why she's on tour celebrating 25 years of jacket little pill Jagged little pill has been invigorating 13 year old little girls <laughs> since 1995 okay hey and
0: eight-year-old little boys. and
1: eight-year-old little boys you goddamn right Please. and it's i there's a, also a biopic coming or not a biopic a documentary excuse me a documentary i'll watch that HBO I'll watch Max shit out coming that. out uh so Interesting tidbits from the article that I read about it. um So, in this uh, documentary, in the trailer, Kevin Smith talks about her. And uh, I think it's great that your story just kind of proves his point because he was like, she was one of the first female artists to transcend gender because even dudes could like rock the fuck out to her music and just be like, man, I fucking like this. And yeah, I feel that way too. And yeah, so, she's yeah. really
0: angsty. It was perfect. It was perfect for the 90s.
1: And if you think right. about um, because the article in the, that reviews it basically kind of summarizes it, it talks about being, you know, a woman being a child in the industry and being surrounded by men because it's a predominantly male. So I, I, we can kind of like walk through like her in her early life. Uh, she's from Canada. And um, she was actually kind of like a Canadian pop icon, if you will, in like yeah, the late eighties. Like
0: dance pop and records. she was on this one. like
1: Nickelodeon on a show, a television show. You can't do that on television. And so you know, and so she was. She kind of had that very typical. Like if you imagine like someone who is like a career actor since childhood, you know all the biopics and documentaries that come out. It's like that restless workaholic thing that we were talking about. And these kids are, it's the same story over and over again. These kids are basically little adults. They don't get to be kids. No. And so they're giving part speed
0: of... when they get tired <laughs> and just like pump them full of methamphetamines just to keep them awake oh, so they can finish no.
1: the scene. Oh,
0: I know. Fucking dark, man.
1: Um, Sheesh. so you know, without just reading over this, you know, I can already kind of like imagine, okay, yeah, so and it talks about how she's you know, prominently surrounded by men, and how it's like she, um, makes it like she, she obviously believes very deeply in what she's singing, but like at the same time, like her bandmates around her were not living out the values that she believed in. You know what I mean? Because, like, they're acting like dudes on a, on the road, if that makes sense.
2: I didn't know she had, like, frequent band members, honestly.
1: Yes. It, she had the band. It was the former, the drummer before he went to Foo Fighters. And then the. What? Right.
2: Yes. I, yeah. I heard him, Taylor Hawkins and uh, Alanis were dating for a bit.
1: Oh, my God. That's uh, crazy. That, uh okay so yeah that's what i was gonna get at too Uh, she talks about writing her songs and every time she talks about writing in general she talks about you know my songs start out as a very personal thing just for me i am never out to ruin anyone's name you know it's about me if i don't express myself then i'll get sick and i'm just like yes you know it's that type of like it's this type of energy that lives inside of you that if you don't express it, it does make you physically ill and manifest itself into physical illnesses. And I'm just like, I feel that on a very, as, yeah. a, write, as a writer myself, hmm. I, or just a creative, whatever, I, I feel that <laughs> feeling very personally and deeply. Doesn't
0: it suck that you... Feel like such an asshole just for calling yourself an artist or calling yourself a creative well, or, or, you know, a, a musician. Like, I just kind of labeling yourself as that is just so, is seen as so pretentious that everyone, you know, everyone that has a little bit of modesty always feels like an asshole when they call themselves an artist. But whatever, man. If you make yeah. a really good meal, that shit's art.
1: But I'm also on the, like, that. Idea that like labels are important because it provides for nuance and minutia and things like that. But you know what? That's a different topic. But yeah, so um, just like you're
0: diving, you're diving <laughs> down a fucking
1: rabbit hole here. I am, I am. But yeah, so I over the li- what little I was able to skim over right before you know the hour before we're recording. Uh, she's a very what I like to refer to as like an H- HSP, highly sensitive person. And as a as a fellow HSP, um the a lot of a lot of like her explosive passion is often like misconstrued. And the, like a lot of how the media was talked about her, like the way the media had described her, of course it was all it was in the nineties, so it was still predominantly male voices talking about a young woman and it was like always framed as like her so-called anger and when she talks about like writing those songs, she's like, "I was healing from traumatic events. Like I was distancing myself and getting through uh, a relationship that wasn't good for me. And it's like it doesn't matter if it was like with the drummer, the guitar player, blah 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 blah. Like she was in. Um, it might have been from- Uncle
0: Joey from Full House. That's a that's someone's. That's someone's. Uh, no, yeah, that, that theory a, about you ought to know. Yeah. No. <laughs>
1: I hate that so much. <laughs> but this, it's an A.V. Club I article it. that I'm basically pulling from that talks about the, the shit. What is it? The documentary and how she. Probably you ought to
0: know. I'm guessing that's what they're going to call it. You know
1: what? No. <laughs> no I fucking, called, that's a great
0: called, name for documentary.
1: Actually, it's called Jagged. The documentary that's coming out. All right. Sure. Them- Lame.
0: I'm not watching it now. <laughs> fuck that
1: oh my goodness oh my goodness but yeah she talks about an experience where she remembers being as young as 15 and saying like that was like the first time she was ever hit on and it's like Mm. ew what are you ew Ew! What are you? Well, hopefully doing? it was from another
0: fifteen-year-old.
1: No, it's uh, no, it's obviously. I, I would from hope so. Because you're in a well, you have to remember she's like the you know the career actor musician. So she's she's surrounded Probably by producer. adults twenty-four-seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so it's just like adults fucking suck. Adults really, really fucking sucked back then.
0: Yep. They still fucking yeah. suck now. Yeah, I uh, I mean, the first time I ever got hit on when I was like 23, so <laughs> I, can't I didn't have wait to deal with that, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, you're looking pretty fine today, bud. Is that?
2: Uh, uh, Lucas, Is...
0: I, I didn't know you thought that way about me. Yeah, are those cat ears or are you just uh, looking like a fine? <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh, no, no, I gave, I gave up. I gave up on it. You call me a
2: pussy. It's fine.
0: I, no, but
1: you, you know saw what had I mean? Oh, Jesus. a fine fox. Uh, see,
0: I just, I regret saying it already This is the Lizzo episode all over again uh,
2: this is Well, look. look
0: Why don't we <laughs> What, what d-
1: happened on the Lizzo episode? I need to go listen to it now which uh, is You on need my to list. to
0: it <laughs> I was <laughs> very cringy on it, I was extremely cringy um, But I think that's enough Background of the album, huh? I think we should ought to no. get into it 30 minutes in No, um, okay, yeah, let's get into it First note Is Shakira the Latin Alanis Moore set.
1: <laughs> no, but Alanis certainly paved the way for more female artists so that people like Shakira could break through.
0: I think with people like Shakira with a voice like Shakira can make it through because Alanis's voice, while it is great and powerful and emotional and can get angry and angsty, there's parts of it that annoyed me a lot. Oh wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. yeah. I can get Sorry. that. Sorry. Well, I mean, yeah. I can get that. I mean, look, she's Canadian, I mean, especially on it's so. I mean, the Canadian part definitely doesn't help. But it was uh it was mostly on perfect. Perfect yeah. like I could barely listen to it. Perfect and uh
1: wake up. I liked wake up. Wake up's good. That's a good way to end the album. I liked it. My um uh, perfect was down there on my least favorites. Um I hated it. Uh, let's see, let me look back, I feel like I really don't have, like, a least, least favorite, let me go go to album
0: Well, I mean, another thing I'll say about this record as a whole was, it was weird, it was like, the production was great, but then also not, at the same time, was it,
1: I mean it's I can only get my hands on the from stupid Apple Music. I can only get my hands on the remastered version, which the remastered you ought to know I do not like. Actually, I That's like probably what I heard. I like the original. Um, there's some of the remat. The it's funny because I I don't I don't really feel like I notice these things kinds of anymore because I don't really like practice my audio engineering craft anymore but for some reason when i heard the remaster of you Oughta to know i was like that is not the same song that is this is a completely different song and i don't like it it doesn't sound right <laughs> and are when, are you
2: talking about the like the track 2 on the album or like uh, there's a lot of two. albums with like the very last track is some kind of remix of you
0: Ought to know right there's the jimmy the something jimmy the saint blend or something yeah, Jimmy where, the Saint blend, which I really didn't hear too much difference in that one. <laughs> I thought it just sounded a lot more like a shitty Bush song from 1995.
1: I guess what I what I'm hearing though too is like because I grew up listening to this on a CD, and CD sounds right. way different than streamed music. So yeah, for sure, that's probably why it sounded different to me. But uh, Let's see Mary Jane wasn't my favorite Wasn't too crazy about Mary Jane My two least favorites are perfect and Mary Jane Just because like
0: Yeah me too
1: Mary Jane doesn't Move a lot dynamically It's a very it's just, like It's not about
0: weed which bothered me
1: I'm fucking that dead was, That was immediately
0: disappointing <laughs> um, But her voice Sorry, is really you. Her voice is really good on Mary Jane But what I was saying about the production And like Brett you know like let me know what you think, man, because I thought that everything sounded pretty good, but the drums were so '90s. There's something very flat about the drums on the whole record. Yeah, uh, and
1: it's that lasted into the early 2000s too. Because when you say that, it really makes me think. Because like Brett has heard me scream about this before. You've heard me, probably heard me scream about this before. Like the Slipknot song, the "Push My Finger Through My Eye" song. That the drums on that track. Duality. Song, Like dog shit. Dog shit. That whole, just the drums just sound like terrible asshole. Like the whole, (laughs) all those mixes back then from the early 2000s. After I learned how to, like, how to mix, whatever. When I learned learned how to mix, I sound, again, with the pretentious thing. I can't get over that. There's nothing pretentious about that. You put it in my brain. Now I'm anxious about it. But But anyways, anyways, when I learned how to do that and I went back and listened to all the music that I loved growing up, I was like, wow, I suck. I have shitty ass taste in mixes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I, I mean, think a lot more drums are programmed these days. Yeah, well, that's sure. what
1: Louis, yeah. every time I bring a new song, he's like, "That's a drum. That's a drum track." I'm like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's all a drum track all the time." Like, well, I yeah. love it. I'm not mad at it.
2: I, you know, I think one of the things that disenchanted me from sound school when I went was that people were talking about all that stuff and, it, like, with this album, is like as well. Like the production of it didn't really. I didn't really notice it all that much one way or hmm. another. I just I just enjoyed the songs for what they were. Uh, yeah, the drums are a little bit flat. There, there could be maybe a little more color in them, but it's also a singer-songwriter album. So that's not where yep. the focus is yeah. for sure.
0: It's it just like the guitars, the distorted guitars sounded like that to me, that it sounds like a singer-songwriter guitarist. Right putting this really shitty line six distortion on his guitar and thinking that it sounds rockin'. (laughs) This is fucking heavy. It's just uh, the shittiest distortion.
2: You know, uh, Dave Navarro and Flea recorded You
0: Ought to Know. Yeah, dude, and they helped write it. That was really surprising. Yeah, I had no idea about that before. Which kind of sounds about right because I've never liked Dave Navarro's guitar tones or his (laughs) riffs or anything that he's ever written. You cracked
1: um, it. You've cracked the case.
0: That's when I read that I was like, "That makes sense." That weird tremolo guitar during the chorus, um, and you ought to know, is very weird. The '90s like drum beat that is on every single song on this record that is just that quintessential '90s kind of yeah. pop rock drum beat. Got yeah. it? Just got old. Is that Taylor Hawkins playing?
1: I don't think so. Oh wait! 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 Okay. Wait! Wait! wait. Hold on, hold on cuz I don't I'm not 100% sure who was on the recordings, but I know curious. that on the tour it was the drummer okay. and then I let, I'm trying to find the guitars player's name. You you said it Brett, right? Dave Navarro? Dave
0: Navarro. I think he he only played on You Ought to Know from what I saw. Yeah. I don't I don't know if they
2: it wouldn't surprise me if they'd played on other songs, but that's the only one I know they played
0: on for sure. That they're at least credited. Yeah, Uh, like songwriting credits, but I mean, again, uh, production aside, I think a lot of this record is really strong songwriting, really great vocals, and the record as a whole just sounded and felt so '90s to me that I like, (laughs) I spontaneously grew a pair of jinkos and a fucking chain wallet like came like fell out of my ass while I was listening to it, (laughs) like one of those ball chain wallets. So at least it felt good. Um, oh, it's,
1: it's funny that she keeps saying that it sounds 90s because i'm i was reading rolling stones uh artist on artist or, or musicians on musicians and they paralleled her with olivia rodrigo and hmm. um the, and the reasoning for that was because like their i guess path to stardom was quite similar she's a child actress and the disney high school musical thing and her very Ah. first debut album blew up at a super young age and kind of like that and uh yeah it was like a really super cute article and it just it made me when i was listening to the album i didn't feel that way i didn't feel like i was listening to 90s i felt like i was listening to like a timeless masterpiece
2: (laughs) oh wow i was like oh
1: this is beautiful this is perfect this is like uh, but I do also like uh, yeah I feel some of the nostalgia, especially in the guitar riffs and in the fucking harmonica solos. Uh. Um, <laughs> uh, it it gives the drums, me real. Really me. It gives me real Stevie Nicks vibes, and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It gives me yeah. like yeah it's just i don't know i i trip into another world when i listen to this album and it, and it's because mo- it is really because of the songwriting and really i think that's what keeps me on this album is the songwriting and when we're in the car and the I, we heard hand over feet on the radio i was singing it to Luis and i was like i couldn't help it it's all your fault and he just like laughs and i'm just like this is perfect this is just the song was about you for me. <laughs> there
0: was many moments where I was singing along to this album that Christina from the other room would like look around the corner at me, and I'm just like, whatever. You breathe, you learn. I'm like, I fucking <laughs> love that song. I will forever love that song.
1: I love that. I love it. I, got one I feel like. I like.
0: Um, you know, Alanis's voice again, amazing. But there are some borderline for me cringy deliveries from her at times, and I think it's just that affectation that she puts on her voice.
1: It's that, a, that pretty, yeah thing. Yeah,
0: and I'm like, oh god, a, uh, you either a, love it or you don't.
1: It's like this, just uh, like wild, spontaneous, like voice breaking kind of. And it's she has this the way that her voice is and the way that she sings. And this is something that, like, you know, because of the teacher that I had when I was going to sound school and stuff, like, it really put into perspective to me that the Stevie Nicks the Alanis Morissette's the Janis Joplin's of the world. These are the once in a lifetime, maybe twice in a lifetime voices that you get to really build a sound around and design a, like a method for them to be the most comfortable and to just let whatever they've got out because it's 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 art and it's you know they'll die if they don't let it out <laughs> somebody help her she's on fire <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and so it just it really put it in perspective to me so that's like even those wonky kind of voice breaks they, they really do it for me because I'm like nobody else does this shit and gets away with it Shakira Well, you know. All right. Okay. But at the same time, so that's the thing. Shakira came after Alanis Morissette. So Alanis Morissette really turned the people on to that kind of wild, raw, whatever she has that, you know, that thing that she has to let out or she'll die.
0: Tons of vibrato in the voice. It's, Mm -hmm. there's something goofy about it, but it's still really fun and entertaining.
1: It's because it's so sincere. It's because it's so like yeah, none truest, of it felt it's the truest form of the artist living in real time
2: right it every song sounded very passionate felt like it was coming from a real place mm-hmm. and it seemed like she prioritized that instead of like rhyming sometimes <laughs> sure like, that's yeah. kind of where some of the uh those weird affectations came from where there were some lines where she just didn't rhyme the lines together in favor of just like doing a line that she thought fit the song better maybe.
1: Right.
0: Totally. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a really cool mix overall on the record of singer songwriter, but kind of grungy at times. They, they called it post grunge at times and pop rock. And it's, it's just a, it's a, I mean, like you said, Bernie, I mean, I think the songs, a lot of the songs on this are timeless. And I think there's a reason why this album's so huge. And mm-hmm. when I was listening to it, you know, I listened to it several times for yeah. this episode. And the first time was, you know, tears in the back of my eyes, like remembering so many things and just feeling it. And then I had to start being a little more critical of it. Mm-hmm. And really outside of the things I already said, I, the drums are tinny and boring to me. Some of the guitar doesn't sound great, right?
1: Yeah,
0: the, I feel like the middle of the album has the best production for some reason. It's just those songs stand out works. the most to me. That's, that's, yeah. that's
1: like the formula. I, I don't know. Ah, there
0: you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean that's that, you know once we got into uh, you, I mean really like once hand in my pocket all the way through head over feet, I would say the production is just top notch for me. Like that, those are the songs that I feel like there's nothing wrong with these at all. And there's really only two or three songs on this record that I don't really enjoy. Yeah. Like this is, yeah, same. this was a fucking awesome album. I'm so glad it stood up the test of time because I haven't listened to this since I was probably 10. Yeah.
2: I, I felt the same way you did. I think Lucas, in that it kind of did encapsulate an era of music, an era of time, but it is timeless as well. Like it, it it kind of it felt a lot like the 90s from what little of it i did experience and so what 90s. music i've heard from it but it you can you can listen to it like we did in 2021 and it holds up perfectly it's not like cringy or anything there aren't any like stereotypical things from the 90s that were like Ugh, like uh
0: right she's and especially the the lyricism and the the the, oh yeah, the stories killer, that she's telling,
2: killer, killer lyricism up. throughout this entire album, even on yes. the songs, even on the quote unquote bad songs, the songs he didn't like, like "Perfect" and "Mary Jane." Still I'd great. say the, like, lyrics. the lyrics
1: were still good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she was
0: very passionate about those songs as yeah, well.
1: Absolutely, for mm-hmm. sure.
0: You can hear it. You can hear it. And uh, and that's that's how I feel like you know a lot of the songs that are coming out in the last five ten years are not going to hold up like this album did because they mention. Twitter or texting or you know it's like all those like early 2000s rap songs that mentioned sidekick like or you know, hit, hit me up or MySpace my space like there I are no zeitgeisty words that she used on this record like this can you can listen to this if this had come out in the 60s or this had come out today lyrically all of it would be relevant and and, and current
1: I would go a step further, too, and say the content, not only the lyricism, but the content of the lyricism. And I think that's the key to writing a timeless song is to write about a timeless subject or a timeless feeling, which, you know, all feelings are timeless, whatever. But like, you know what I mean? Like just, you know, heartbreak, sorrow, growing up, um, you know, growing up in music, growing up, trying to figure out who you are, figure out who you are and then not being afraid of saying it out loud. All, right. all that all that good stuff it, it's something that all of us relate to all the time i don't know if you guys can hear Louis snoring but he's totally passed out <laughs> i <laughs> it is, could not hear that it's seven fifty three p.m central standard time and what the my... fuck is that
2: chair moving oh that's you okay
1: oh yeah, yeah that's you <laughs> <laughs> it seemed further that back
0: boy. for some reason get that boy a sleep study man <laughs> he is not sleeping oh, enough
1: Poor Bebe He does oh sleep a God. lot though We go to sleep early And I i don't know we Yeah go but does he early, honk he like a fucking yeah. Yeah,
0: yes. it's, yeah Might be sleep apnea there Speaking from a fellow sleep apnea Latino <laughs> Sleep apnea affected Latino Well uh, Fucking Brittany we, we always pick two choice nugs Our okay. two favorite songs on the record what is your first choice nug? It is time, it is time, it is time for choice nugs. It is time, it is time, it is time for choice nugs.
1: Okay, well, obviously it's hand over feet. Even though oh! I forgot the okay. name of the song like three times, but hand over feet. <laughs> Head over feet. <laughs> Head over feet. Hand- <laughs> you can almost name wow. it every time. Head over feet. I will never forget it now.
0: <laughs> my my pretty much my only note on Head Over Feet is god damn it I love this song.
1: Yeah.
2: It's a great song for sure and it's it's a weird kind of positivity that isn't present in a lot of songs that isn't cheesy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right? And uh, it's so uh, 90s. Yeah. When those drums come in. <laughs> but I love the grungy guitars. The the chorus is probably one of the catchiest on the record. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Over. In, in spite, spite of, of me, me. <laughs> <laughs> around Head over me.
1: Uh, <laughs> super that...
2: catchy, super something you could like, I don't know, play on your wedding day, right, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. okay, stolen, playing that on my <laughs> wedding day, thank you, <laughs> Brett, don't you fucking dare. I, w- I won't Lucas, tell anyone. Don't you fucking dare! <laughs> hey man,
0: that's I'm not gonna step on your toes there. I'm already I'm playing Cisco's thong song. At my wedding, I might wedding. I'm fucking. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was I'm already playing my hair on Rating blood.
0: You so yeah, yeah. Uh, well, head over feet, man. I I I always pick like um, honorable mention songs, mm-hmm. and that was such an easy honor. It was one of my favorites yeah. when I was a that's kid. That's one of mine as well. Yeah, it's so, so good. So catchy. Yeah. Well, Brett, what was one of your
2: choice nugs, man? Uh, Well, my first choice nug is going to be the first and only song I'd heard off this album for years and years and years, which is, You ought to know!
0: Yeah. The cross-eyed bear. <laughs> yeah. like the the, cross- the
2: the fact that you can't hear the intro. The electric chorus that happens, man. The the fact that you would never know Flea play bass on this thing. Yeah. Uh, It all comes together into a beautiful uh, medley of tunes. But no, like, I love this song. I love the attitude with it. Lots of
0: attitude.
2: Just the anger that you can hear behind her voice and the power that comes with it. That you fucked her. Like, (laughs) <laughs> you're die, you're die. You're still alive and I'm here. Uh, Ugh, such a such strong a, voice I'm
0: Yeah. I'm switching okay. to wine by the way now.
2: Yeah.
1: Bless, <laughs> Get your wine blessed, out for this one. Blessed is the wine. It's a fucking the, home pour. Oh, uh, for the Alanis Morissette episode.
0: Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to spill a little bit of wine on my floor for Alanis. Um, oh my god. Dude, that drum machine though. I could do I could do without. Oh, come on. It doesn't <laughs> You can't tell me you it comes in
2: and you don't get a feeling of, like, ooh, oh, I'm in it. Yeah. You know? Uh,
0: I feel like I'm watching, you know, a, a gritty 90s young adult movie. <laughs> and that isn't
2: oh, yeah. a positive thing to you. Okay. All right, Fine. Sorry. Well, if I,
1: hey, well, what's
0: if what I wanted to watch the craft, though? I just watch the craft. Wait, all right. Wait,
1: so I have a second choice nug and an honorable mention.
0: Okay. Well, Brett, are you? Have you? Are, are you done with you want to know? That's all you want to say? I mean, I. That was an honorable mention for me too. I, I'll I'll lay off because it seems like we have a lot of nugs to get to in this. Time. We got a lot of nugs. Nuggies. I'll, let me let me do my first choice nug, uh, which is hand in my pocket.
2: yeah it's giving a high five and the other ones that's got to be be the most canadian song that she has on the album
1: yeah 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 (laughs) why do you
2: say that just her her uh, of one hand in my pocket the other's giving a high five i'm poor but i'm kind
0: (laughs) i love the dichotomy of the lyrics and the the, her lyrics, I think her lyrics, so this is probably my favorite lyrics on the record, is Hand in Ooh. My Pocket. And her voice is so strong on this song. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Right. Fine, fine,
1: fine. Yep. What it all comes the, down to. there's such Dude, that,
0: that chorus. So catchy.
1: There's such a power in her voice that it strikes such a deep vulnerability that it makes you feel naked just listening to it.
0: Right. Right. It, it definitely you could, Like you said the, You can feel that vulnerability mm-hmm. Man it's And on this song man the, the way the song builds It like gradually builds Every verse Every chorus Is a little louder A little more Instrumentation going on And it just Man when it busts out That was when I was playing Some shooter video game Listening to this song And I'm just like <laughs> Everything's gonna be fine Fine, fine. And I'm like trying to shoot people In the head And I'm like This is perfect for this I wouldn't say it was, It's the perfect Like
2: Comparison thing to do playing a video game in this perfect for me. Yeah, it seems like it worked for you. It always oh, reminds yeah.
1: me of that movie, The Internship, with Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, and his mm-hmm. get Vince Vaughn's like get pumped. No, no, no. Owen Wilson, it's Owen Wilson's like get pumped music, and he's like, "You've never listened to Alana's more sets." Ironic. <laughs> <It's> like, <yeah.
0: laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, hand in my pocket. It's it's funny, man, because my favorite songs. When I was a kid, were not my choice nugs. As a thirty-four year old, really, that's so weird. Is, isn't that weird that I've changed since I was eight years old? It, do you Gross. think you've
2: changed since then?
0: And I mean, I are look you, exactly the same. Are you telling me you're like fake? You're like a poser. Is that what you're saying? He's a mother. Yeah, that I changed. Yeah, wow. I remember when I got a. I remember when I got a haircut when I moved to Austin. I got one of those haircuts that you like Paul made your hair. To the side and you get it all faded on this you know and everything and I got called out as a that that I've changed That <laughs> like who the fuck is who the fuck is Lucas now because he got a haircut oh, I'm like goddamn, I can't like wear a shirt that I've never worn before or style my hair in a way I've never done before like did you guys has that ever happened to you guys where you just you do one small thing and all of a sudden people are like "Britney's changed
2: um, yeah I shaved I shaved my legs and my mom was like, "So, are you a girl now?"
1: Oh my! Like shit! Oh my wow. god! How old
2: were you? Uh, it was a year ago. We did. We were
1: together. <laughs> we noticed too. Oh wait, no. I think Lucas left us by then. Way.
0: oh had i but i don't know was i not there for the shave i was I there for the. i remember
1: that. i was like hey because i think i can't remember who pointed it out but you were over here and like you had bare legs and everybody was talking about it and i was like why are we talking Such about a big deal i was like why are we talking about butt fucking bare ass <laughs> like, legs shit. come on come on let me y'all. shave my fucking hair off
0: you probably got you probably got great legs i don't think i saw it i do thank you very much you're like have you seen my calves he's got
1: great gams <laughs>
2: Yeah, got, got great games. Uh, <laughs> Brittany, tell me about your second nug.
1: Okay, my second nuggie is actually not any of the bops because, you know, re-listening to the album and actually listening to more than just the hits, like what I did when I was growing up, I actually really vibe right. with Right Through You. Right through yeah. you. Yeah, that was a, a good one, man. Good one. That was an honorable mention mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I I don't think I have any more nugs. Those are really my top two right now. It's just like, uh, head over feet and right through you, right through you, because, like, I don't know. I just I feel that for myself right now, and I'm not like, I'm not about trying to like guess what the artist meant i'm really about it's about me the song goes for me about me uh thank you and you know yeah right through you the lyricism in it just really invigorates like this sense of empowerment in myself because like yeah i can see right through anybody who doesn't care about me or who isn't there for me or you know whatever i i can see right through you shut up
0: <laughs> totally man that again so many catchy choruses on this record and that for sure right through you such a great chorus and i love all the harmonies that they did on that yes
1: that's another reason why i was just like uh... it's one of those ones where i sing the song through and i sing the harmonies rather than the main line right
0: that's a great sign that's a good fucking song then yeah, this I think what it's what it's about is uh, her experiences in the record business, and she's talking to all these producers and record yep. execs, and she's just like, "Yeah, you're fucking staring at my ass," and then you go play golf. Yeah, like fuck you. Yeah. you know, yeah, right. Yep, that's a good one, man. That's a good one, Brett. What's uh, what's your second choicey? Uh, your second my chicken nugget. S-
2: my second little chicken nuggy is gonna be the first track off the album. All I really want. Yeah, dude.
1: Yeah. That's an honorable yeah. mention for me, yeah. That, that's that's an really honorable love. mention for me too. It's a comfort? Well, comfort. I will say that the all I really want and it has a real deserty desert rock vibe. So I think it really sets the stage for you all to know and especially that second music video where she's out in the desert, like it 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 yeah. just oh it's beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I it's it's one of the tracks with very uh, fuzzy guitars on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got a kind of, I wouldn't say a very, like, pounding drive to the music, but it's its very, like, moving forward. Like, we're moving through this. We're being very powerful yeah, through this. Yeah,
1: it's a very up-tempo song. Not like like you were saying, not fast, but, like, more upbeat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was for you. And, for sure. and I, I mean, the, the guitars, I think, help a lot with that. That... that the, thing, when it, yeah. the little yeah the cheesy wah like 90s guitar the, that, I, that i love
1: fucking chili and peppers think, wah bro yeah that fucking that california love. wah bruh. fucking hate the chili peppers okay the, continue the,
2: <laughs> this song has like some of my favorite uh like like one of my favorite melodies from from the vocals on the entire of them. Which is, like, that pre-chorus, like, Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's so good, I, man. Such a so, fun. So strong.
2: Yeah, and then she does a little, like, kind of harmonica stuff throughout the song, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which I didn't think was her when I first listened to it, but it's her.
1: Oh, yeah, Dang it. all her. She plays the heckin' harmonica, taught herself how to play guitar for this album also.
0: Really? For this yes. album? Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, apparently her and the and the co-producer, co-writer, they just met and vibed
1: yeah, and just and wrote all
0: these songs together. The
1: story that gets told over and over again is that her, her first, the two albums, the two pop albums in Canada, the first one was considered a success, the second one was considered a failure, and she was ultimately dropped from her label, and she was... Mm. Living with her parents, bouncing back and forth between like studios and try and like friends working out stuff with friends. And then, like, yeah, like she said, she, Glenn Ballard, I think is his name. They finally, Greg, Greg there you go. Sorry. Uh, yeah. And they finally meet. And uh, there's, I think it's from the um, AV. AV Club interview uh, or article, whatever, where Glenn, Glenn, Greg, Greg, wow, Greg just kind of says like, yeah, she she was just looking someone for someone to be an artist with because all of those other labels were still trying to make her like Britney Spears for Canada. They were trying to Katy Perry, her
0: Britney Spears, or yeah, yeah, Tiffany or whatever from the eighties. You know, just the older reference. Yeah. Um Okay, Grandpa Yeah, dude, I'm so glad that she she broke out of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm at least seven years older than both of you, so <laughs> I, I gotta represent my generation. Uh yeah, that's, that's I'm so glad that she broke out of that system too. Like she she's wrote a lot of really great music after this record too, and there's plenty to listen to, but I yeah, just before with you ought to know or sorry, with All I Really Want, Brett, like I that guitar part's one of my favorites on the whole record. <laughs> um, that down, 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 yeah. down, it's so catchy, and the and the I love the distortion and the weird chorus that they have on it, it's fucking great. Um, so, my second choice nug, which I mean, honestly, honorable mentions right through you, forgiven, uh, head over feet, ironic is ironic is a fucking classic. I can't believe that it didn't end up as any of our choice nugs because it's not <laughs> one of mine either. It's a It'll forever be my my go to karaoke song.
1: <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's
0: so fun.
1: Okay, yeah, and it, and it
0: used. You no, know, you're good. You're good. And it used to. It was clearly my favorite when I was you know eight years old. Um, but man, yeah, you learn is a very strong second choice nug for me. Wow, okay. you live, you learn, you cry, you learn. Yeah, it's kind of got
2: an R&B feel about it, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, it sounds like it could have been like a fucking Brandy song in 1998.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. And and it's
0: the song that they say that she says, Jagged Little Pill, in it. And I'm always just like, "Ah, I love that.
1: That's another thing. You learn learn, Blew Up as a single here. I think it was like the fourth or fifth single or something like that. But still, it's like the title track got, got popular. You know how fucking rare that is. And
0: it's such a great line, too. tiny yeah. um, Little Pills. It's swimming in your stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. I love the harmonies. The production actually stood out to me being really good
1: Yeah.
0: on on You Learn. Very well produced. Everything yeah. is really clear. Mm-hmm. All the instruments are super clear. The bass is p- deep and punchy and like really yeah. up front in the mix. It's the same drum beat as every other song, but whatever. <laughs> they sound good. The get guitar over sounds it. great. I gotta get over it. <laughs> uh, her voice is... The the chorus, again, I mean she's fucking if if this album was only choruses, it would be a ten. <laughs> wow. <laughs> By far.
2: By far. I mean, she she knows how to write a chorus, man. She knows how to write music that is both artistic and like easily accessible to a lot of people. Like mm-hmm. something that the masses will enjoy.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I feel like growing up there weren't Nearly enough Or at least I wasn't exposed to nearly enough Other female vocalists uh, By the time I got to middle school And high school There was a time there where The only real big female vocalists Were pop vocalists And I just didn't like right. it I couldn't connect with the Christina Aguilera's of the world So I could recognize that they were good But to be honest their voices annoyed me And there wasn't There's not enough Alanis Morissette influence On rock music and there's not enough female-led <laughs> vocalists when I was growing up, and now I it's some of my favorite bi- like music that I've heard the last few years is female-led rock music. Yeah,
1: and
0: I feel like women are you know in in rock are finally being accepted for having rougher voices and not having to be pretty sounding all the time or soft well, sounding all the time. I would also
1: and, say that uh you know, Courtney Love, you know we 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 women we rough sounding women we, that we've always been there and and i will take a quote from my Just not
0: exposed enough you well know. I'll,
1: I'll take a quote from my most like wonderful idol literally worship him michael hobbs he said that like this funny thing in his maintenance phase podcast that like oh hollywood remembers like every three years that women can make money are and are marketable and have talents right? and yeah and it's like hollywood's a goldfish <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah, so it's like we've always always women has always been there. We'll we'll always be there. And if men don't step the fuck up, we're going to be doing it without them in the future. So, you know,
0: I mean, by now, the the path to be an artist and to be a popular artist is is much more independent than it ever has been. And that's where all these, you know, all these female vocalists and female led rock bands and punk bands and all this stuff. That's where they're all finally being able to be, have more exposure. And I know right. that these, I know that these women were around when I was growing up, I wasn't being exposed to them. Yeah. Um. So that's something that's been a really interesting change for me in my adult life. Like in the last 10 years being like, Oh wow. Like I actually heard of a band with a female vocalist and I really liked it. Yeah. Like that's, that was a new experience for me. Um. So it's so refreshing to go back to this and, And realize that this was my roots.
1: This This album is my roots. This is where it
0: all started. And it's like, (laughs) God damn it, Alanis, you, you beautiful being, you ruined
1: me. I'm ruined.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so few people throughout my life have compared to her uh, magnitude and and power of her voice. And it's cool that I'm finally hearing that happening again now. So it's awesome. With that said, Brittany, what would you rate this record? We allow decimal points, as many as uh, you fucking want. <laughs> I have. Zero through 10.
1: What is your rating? If I were marooned on an island, I'd need this album. If I, if I only had to choose one album, it would probably be that. But if I had to choose five albums, then it would be If you had to choose one to choose musician
2: one. to be stranded on an album with, who would it be?
1: stranded on an album with
2: stranded on an island with a musician
1: Oh no. <laughs> well th- i don't want to annoy her so i wouldn't pick her <laughs> 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 i don't want her to hate me and it's more to love her <laughs> but yeah so like this is just like a like a hard 15 for me like on a scale of one to Damn.
0: 10 15 like, that's uh, a first That's a first bird name. That's how you stand out. No one's broken the scale before.
1: I broke it because I just, I love it. Even the songs that I don't like, I love.
2: All right. Well, we're going to have to, (laughs) look, our metrics and our measurements, we're going to have to make that a uh,
0: 1.5, but I think that'll work like with our scale. Uh, We'll put that on the, we'll put that on the stream. Everyone will see it. (laughs) I'll look at the, um, you know, the, the exchange rates or whatever, and we'll figure it out. Yeah. On
1: a scale of like negative ten to zero, it's a one point five. Yeah, one point five. Exactly.
0: <laughs> well, Brett, what would uh what would you rate it, man?
2: I'm gonna give it a seven point three because I it's it's a fantastic album. I love the lyricism, I love how personal it gets. Uh the overall songwriting is fantastic, very catchy. Uh choruses. Uh some forgettable songs to me, like uh perfect and Uh, parts of not the doctor that weren't the chorus,
0: (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Same here. Same here.
2: Um, you know, and it was, uh, it was, it was a singer songwriter album. Uh, and I didn't have any nostalgia for it, but it's still a very good piece of piece of work, man. And I think it's held up fantastically over 20 years. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm giving it. 7.3. 7.3.
0: 7.3. Solid, man. I, uh, I'm kind of right around where you are. Um, going back to this record was a really cool experience for me. And again, very formative record for me. Um, it basically led me to finding my own taste in music. And even though I grew out of a set, you know, uh, in a relatively short amount of time... This was huge. This album was huge for me. And going back and listening to it again has been really, really fun. And it actually led me to listen to, I think, in my opinion, is one of my favorite 90s, one of the best 90s songs ever. And it's her song that she wrote for the City of Angels soundtrack called Uninvited. If you guys have not
2: heard that song. I think I've heard it, but I could not recall it at the moment. Yeah, I was like,
1: I'm sure I've heard it too, but I don't remember it off the top of my head.
0: It's incredible, and if that was on this record, that that's my choice Nogalannis song, but that's <laughs> that's not on this record, so I don't get to talk about it, but it just led me down this rabbit hole of just, you know, revisiting all this old stuff, and there is a lot of nostalgia and a lot of personal connection and uh, a lot of personal reasons going into my rating of this record, but I would, you know, even saying that, it's, I'm gonna give it a an 8.0. Alright, yeah. Yeah, it's, it really did stand the test of time. And, and you hate Canadians. And I, I really, I mean, I could do without them in, any, in most situations. Well, yeah, right. well, either way,
1: both of you are imbeciles in my book. Get out of my face. Yeah, Sorry, sorry we didn't we give, give it, a it a 15 out of 10. As, you
0: know how <laughs> scales I'm heavily,
1: work? I am heavily biased, though, because, like, I just, uh, women being women in front of everybody, Yeah. Yay, women. Uh, yes, women, but also the Women like with for a Y. Uh, I don't know who the Y is for, but thanks, Lucas. No, it's <laughs> So it doesn't say men,
0: okay? God, get with it, Brit. Uh, I <laughs> right, can't... Brit? Okay, isn't... dude.
1: I, okay, but set... uh, foolish of you to assume I can read, okay? Okay, my bad. <laughs> yeah,
0: sorry, that was our bad. Yeah. A Y is like a long line with a little line. You know
1: what? Back off. Thank you. Thank you. you, you. But yes, so for the same things, though, like nostalgia, yes. Uh, Women, yes. But like grunge, angst, and relatability, and lyricism. And just, yeah, just like like Brett was saying, it's really like a singer-songwriter album. And it was really Mm -hmm. the first of its kind. And I think that's why... Because it was relatable and because it was the first of its kind and Alanis is just so unabashedly Alanis, it blew the fuck up and here we are 25 years later still talking about it.
0: Right. Yep. Thanks to you. Yeah. You made us talk about <laughs> it. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> your fault, by the way.
1: I know. And, but it was destined to happen. I had to uh, browbeat my way onto you's pod- y'all's podcast somehow because y'all weren't going to invite me. <laughs>
0: Dude, we haven't we haven't had a guest on in forever. <laughs> it's true oh no with the move and with brett's oh yeah that's fucking, right. you know i don't know i'm gonna br- blame some of it on brett i don't know what though <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, were you or or be honest you were scarred because Luis forgot to record last time so you're like we can't trust guests ever again i mean
2: no it was more like <laughs> michael bringing on these crazy albums and like yeah kind of like oh god you brought on another 45 minutes of like a sound wave you recorded. Like I don't think that counts, Michael.
1: <laughs> oh no.
0: He's like, Can we listen to whatever that uh that that uh what's that album that's just like bird note noises for like thirty minutes? Oh no. Luis says yeah, but... showed me actually a long time ago. <laughs> but uh this was awesome. This was so fun talking about this record. Brittany, thanks for being on the show. This was great. It was so yeah. fun to have you on here. Thanks for coming on. Thank you
1: for- Thank you for letting me invite myself on your show. And <laughs> you forget, are welcome. I, am, I am qualified to critique you because I'm better than you. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, <that's, laughs> bringing it back to the beginning. Thank
0: you. If anyone walks yes. away with anything about Brittany in this episode, is that she's better than you yes. and she's allowed to yep. critique you. Got yes, a degree in you.
2: some sound thing or another. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, buddies, <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you, buddies. We love you and appreciate you as well. Uh, if you want to see more of us, go to our Instagram at EBPCast, uh, go to our YouTube channel, go listen to our shorties. Uh-huh. Every Monday we release a new episode. Yeah. You know what's up. Comment on the post. Let us know what you thought about Alanis Morissette, because I mean, we really have barely got into this, to be honest. This is slightly over an hour, and I think we just scratched the surface. For sure. Yeah, There's so much really. more to talk about. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Instagram as Jean Luc Cottard. You can find Brett on Instagram at Brett Handerhan. Brittany, is there anything you wanted to promote?
1: I mean, don't follow me. I'm boring. And don't also, look for her. What, what account yeah, should they follow, Brittany? Just know that. Yeah, what's I'm your better, at? Just know that I'm better than you. Add pretty Brittany <laughs> on Instagram. Okay. B r i t t n e y Bertie with the Y.
0: If you don't agree with any of Brittany's posts on Instagram, just know that she's better than you, so you can't really.
1: Disagree with me, so yeah, Brittany or, posts.
0: You know. Brittany posts all the best
2: memes for my funny. so don't try I to stop, follow if you you're stop. if you don't feel bad about that. Yeah, follow <laughs> me if
1: you just I'm want funny, to see. I hate you, Brett. <laughs> my follow count just went down because of you. Fuck like you.
0: <laughs> I mean, my all I pretty much do on my account is repost hard hardnews dot net memes and and World memes. So you know i'm not doing much on there either
1: hey hey, you had a gem though with our lord and savior nine inch niles so
0: i love that one i'm so glad you got that you're the only one that that sent me a message on that yes (laughs) (laughs) brett uh what would you uh what would you rate this episode
2: man i'm gonna rate this episode a 15 out of 20 (laughs) god damn it great minds think
0: alike i was gonna give it a 15 also brett do you know (laughs) do you know uh Bro, what are we listening to on the next episode, man? I'm pretty oh, sure it's your pick.
2: Shit. If you uh, don't have one
0: picked, it's okay. We don't have to. We don't have to put it on the recording.
2: I do not have one picked yet, but get ready for it,
0: buds. Oh my god, I'm so excited! A surprise album. A surprise album. You'll find out when you click on the fucking episode. <laughs> anyway, thanks again, buds. Thank you, Brittany.
1: Yay, thank you.
0: Bye. I love both of you. I, I hate and, everyone. No. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, fine. It's fine. Cool. Awesome. (laughs) uh,
2: good was this? Lucas, this was good.
1: Oh, Uh, you guys. Okay, I'm going to stop recording now.
0: Yeah, three, two, one, now.